Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader. Never mind the rain. And this is the time we sit down and talk of Bible stuff. Ah, why? So, we are going through the man cars one at a time, and we have hit on today Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29. Here we go. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. All right. So, what do you think? I think this is kind of an important verse to include in a study on, on manhood and uh, what the Bible says about, about being a man because it's in here and it uh, it definitely relates somehow and uh, however you think about it, you got to fit it in. So, I do not think that this just unilaterally abolishes gender and now we're all just amorphous people right in the next book is Ephesians and uh, Paul spends almost two whole chapters talking about husbands and wives and fathers and children and how they're supposed to comport themselves so clearly men are still supposed to be men and women are still supposed to be women and we have we're built differently for different things and at the same time, we're all one in Christ. In uh, Philemon, I'm going to say Philemon. Oh, they go eat popcorn. Bah. There, yeah, Philemon. It's a short little book. It's a letter Paul wrote. He was returning a runaway slave to a friend. He gave the letter to the slave and said, please go deliver this to your previous master. That master was like, like an elder in a church who clearly still had a slave. So did, and Paul just seemed to be okay with it. Um, he's, he's a little passive aggressive in his letter, but it's, uh, definitely seemed like oh, there wasn't anything wrong with, with him owning a slave. But here it says neither slave nor free man, so what's the deal? Uh, you have a little window into that in application in Philemon. He talks about, you know, he's a Christian now, so accept him as a brother. It's, it's a short read, definitely, anytime you get a chance to sit down and read Philemon. The passive aggressiveness is strong with Paul, and uh, he, he leans on uh, Philemon, the name of the slave is Onesimus. Philemon's the guy he's writing to. And he, he, you can tell he's, he's really nice and he's really kind of leaning on this guy to, uh, to do what's right. Which is to treat Onesimus properly and to, uh, maybe, maybe not keep him as a slave. Maybe. But, uh, he stresses though, he's now your brother in Christ. And so rejoice and be happy that he is your brother now. So the big picture here, then, very clearly, is that God is not a respecter of persons. 
uh, this fits perfectly that it doesn't matter who you are. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. All on the same team, the winning team. We are Abraham's descendants, heirs to promise. He goes on to, to build the case more in, uh, in chapter 4, Galatians here. And uh, it's just, he's just really concise, tight point. And the big picture, as he articulates, though, is that once you're baptized into Christ, you're clothed with Christ. Doesn't matter who you are, you're Jesus now. You need to act like it. And it's, uh, it's a position of your heart, not of any of your external accoutrement. You are sons of God through faith. So, how does this affect our view of biblical manhood? Uh, obviously, this doesn't undo a concept of manhood. This is talking about uh, our salvation, our relationship with God, and to one another. And at the same time, we also have how we are made, and there are injunctions and responsibilities that we have, and strengths and weaknesses. And As men, we have things that we are good at, things that we're hardwired for, and uh, things that we're supposed to do and be responsible for and uh, live up to. And women have the same. And, you know, each of these uh, roles, the, the Jews had their job of preserving the scriptures and preserving God's word for all this time. And, uh, I don't know, it, while it looks like they tripped at the finish line, it also looks like it was part of God's plan the whole time. And uh, the Greek is uh, the Greek or all, basically all, everybody that's not Jews, the rest of the planet. Uh, it's, you know, it's our job to help win back the Jews as a, because that's was sort of immediately what started happening is uh, church started in Jerusalem and then all of the apostles split, go all over the place and they start building churches in all of these non-Jewish countries. And Paul, we get a close-up picture on an axe. He goes, sets up all of these Greek and uh, and uh, non non-Jewish churches all over the place, and then they all start sending money and support down to Jerusalem. Once they get set up, and they go, "Oh yeah, you guys are why we have Jesus now." All the help you need, man. All on the same team now. So that's awesome. And then of course the slaves and free men. All of those concepts can kind of directly translate to employers and employees. Uh, don't treat people beneath you like garbage. And work hard and honor the people set above you in authority. Because all authority comes from God. So you, you work for God as though... You work for your boss as though you're working for Jesus himself. And uh, God makes everything work out. Likewise, as the employer, you should... Honor the fact that you're responsible to God for how you treat the people beneath you. It it all comes together because the people beneath you are the same as you. Especially if you're both Christians, you're all one in Christ. Especially if you are a Christian, you're supposed to treat everybody else like Jesus anyway. So, yeah. So, our picture of biblical manhood is simply one where... We are inside of Christ doing sort of our, our role in the kingdom as uh, fathers and as husbands, as men, leading our families, protecting them, providing for them. 
um, teaching them, trying to be a source of some wisdom and advice in the when they take it, and fulfilling that that picture. So what it means for us today, on a, on a practical level, then, is that I I bled over into that one. So just treat everybody else like Jesus, which is sort of the the injunction as. Christians were supposed to treat others the way we would treat Jesus. No matter where they at, where they are at, where they are in society, who they are, what they've done, treat them as as though they are uh, they are Christ. And even more so if they're Christians, because then they are Christ. They really are joint heirs. According to promise, oh, descendants heirs. According to promise, the joint heirs is from uh, another verse of anchor. Somewhere else in this area. Anyway, little short one today, but it's uh, it is kind of an odd verse because it seems to all at once stand in the face of a concept of biblical manhood. But uh, I I think it fits much better into how I've looked at it. Uh, if you think I'm wrong, tell me so. Once again, questions, answers, comments, cries of heresy, all are welcome down below. And uh, that's all I got today. I will see you next time. Godspeed.